Welcome to another episode of the Founder Fundamentals Podcast. My name is Rahul Kumar, and today I have the pleasure of sitting down with Christine DeWendel, co-founder and CEO of Sunday USA. With thousands of restaurant partners, Sunday helps restaurant turntables quicker, increase average spend, get more tips, and save money. Thanks for joining us, Christine. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. So for those that may not know, give us a little overview on what Sunday is and what you're out to do. All right. Sunday is QR code payment method for restaurants. And our mission is to provide the fastest way to pay in restaurants. And this is just the beginning of a much larger vision to disrupt the way physical retail payment works. And so we're starting with QR codes in restaurants, but down the road, we want to go through all of hospitality and then, you know, eventually offer our services to really change the way people pay throughout physical retail. To get started, let's learn a little bit more about you and your background. You graduated from Georgetown and eventually secured two masters, one from LSE and one from INSEAD, and spent quite some time on the corporate side prior to your entrepreneurial journey with Sunday. What are the origins of the business and how did your entrepreneurial journey start with Sunday? So I love telling the story because it's a, it's a story that a lot of people and a journey a lot of people will have. I did start with a classic corporate career. I started at Bain as a college grad. Absolutely loved it. Spent three years there in Paris and New York. Uh, Then spent two years in the hospitality industry. So that was my first foot into this space, which I returned to. Two years at Starwood in New York. And then after business school starts the biggest chunk of my career, which is the last 10 years where I've been scaling European e-commerce companies. So the first one is Zalando, which hopefully you've heard of, but it's a 25 billion market cap e-commerce fashion platform, biggest e-commerce fashion platform in Europe, one of the biggest in the world. And I joined them in 2010 when it was still a very small company based out of Berlin, and they needed someone to launch the French market for them. So I spent an incredible seven years there. We IPO'd, we grew the company from about... 200 million when I joined to about 4 billion when I left. My small French business grew dramatically and uh, it was just a huge success. We really revolutionized the way people bought fashion in Europe, uh, buying online, full price fashion just didn't exist when we started. And today it's become common practice. I also had three kids during those seven years. So they were productive in every sense of the term. The company was based in Berlin. I was living in Paris, commuting to Berlin every week. And so after seven years of that 5 a.m. EasyJet flight, I decided that um, I needed to change careers. And I joined a young scale-up called Monomono, home improvement platform based in Paris, amazing company, incredible founders, incredible values, really great culture. And they were doing their Series C with General Atlantic and needed a COO. They were building up their executive team. And so I joined uh, what was the beginning of three incredible years where we basically 10x the revenues in the company and um, you know grew the business into five countries in Europe and became Europe's leading home improvement platform. So just a really, really fun adventure. And just to make sure life never gets boring, my husband and I decided that it, 2020 was the year we would move back to the U.S. so that our three very Parisian children would become a little more American. And um, so I quit what was really a dream job in a rocket ship at Mono Mono and um, showed up here in Atlanta, where I'm now based, in September. 
And frankly, it couldn't be a better year to move from a thriving urban center to beautiful suburban America. And this is where the Sunday journey begins. I turned 40 last year and said, I've been 10 years right next to founders building unicorns. And it's about time that I launch my own business. And so I started looking at different business opportunities. And in December, one of my buddies from Paris, Victor Luger, called me up and said, Christine, we are launching something incredible. We tested something in our restaurants, and Victor's a successful restaurant owner. And uh, he said, this summer when COVID hit, we needed to innovate. We needed to think of new ways to make tables turn faster, to have a contactless payment method. And we did what a lot of people doing were doing with menus, which is putting QR codes on tables. We said, why don't we actually put QR codes on tables for payment and not just menus? Huge success, overwhelmingly positive response from end consumers. We had over 80% adoption in Victor's restaurants. So he has restaurants in Paris, Madrid, and London. Waiters loved it. Restaurant owners loved it. It was such a huge success, tested on over 100,000 tables that Victor thought, all right, this is worth you know, turning into its own company. And so he came to see me in December and said, I'm launching a company that should be in America at the same time as it's in Europe. And we want to launch this business in the U.S., in France, in Spain, in the U.K. at the same time. I need an American co-founder. Victor is very convincing, so it didn't take me a long time to jump on the, the adventure And we took a look at at the business model. We said, okay, can we actually raise enough money to launch this in four countries at the same time? Victor did a phenomenal job. And uh, within a few weeks, we'd raised $24 million. So biggest seed round ever in Europe, one of the biggest seed rounds in the U.S., with an extremely ambitious plan to say, we're going to revolutionize B2B to C payments. We are going to make sure that payments in restaurants, hospitality, and the rest of physical retail is disrupted and becomes very fast, easy, and becomes just a wonderful customer experience. We started working on getting an MVP out. We officially launched uh, four weeks ago, so we're brand new, and uh, we've hired about 80 people in the last two months, so it has been a wild ride. We are now live in Spain and the UK. We are going to be live tomorrow. So this is very timely in France as restaurants reopen in France on March 19th. And we'll be launching in the US in uh, a couple of weeks. So we're in the thick of the intensity and the excitement of launching an early stage company. And frankly, it is exhilarating. Very fun. So far going very well and um, terribly exciting. What was the rationale to launch in multiple markets at the same time, as opposed to ensuring, I guess, that the MVP has been perfected in one market and scaling from there? So it's a great question. Today, there's a unique time to market. A year ago, nobody used QR codes. Uh, Restaurateurs did not want to put QR codes on their tables. Diners didn't want to use them. Fast forward 14 months later, there's been a real disruption. Everyone has adopted QR codes. And so there's a unique window right now where there's a real space for innovation in the restaurant industry. It's one of the industries that were hit the hardest by the COVID pandemic. There's been adoption of QR codes. So it's no longer a technology which isn't being used frequently. And frankly, it's an execution play. We need to move fast. We need to make sure that we're on as many tables as possible. And that's exactly what we're doing. And so instead of saying, let's build this company 
slowly, market by market, we said, let's be bold. There's a tremendous opportunity. Let's go live in four markets at the same time. And that's exactly what we're doing. I do want to dig into that point a little bit more, but I guess just stepping back for a second, what I think is super interesting about your opportunity, Christine, is that I think once that behavioral change of QR has already been adopted for the first time, you actually get this interesting opportunity to track the customer journey and how they interact with food using data at a very, very granular level, similar to how you may have done with your e-commerce experience previously. So I am curious to know, you know, from your e-commerce experience, how has that impacted you know, your approach to the business or your view on how Sunday is operated? So it's a, it's a great question. We start with QR codes for payments, but there's a huge opportunity to start getting information about our customers and providing that information to the restaurants. If you think about it, restaurants are one of the last places that have zero data on their customers. For delivery, there's data, but when somebody walks into a restaurant, as a restaurant owner, you don't know if they're coming every week, if they haven't been to the restaurant in 10 years, or if they come every Thursday because, you know, it's night out for the kids. And so by developing a solution going to be available in all restaurants, you can start getting that type of data. And tomorrow we can say, Rahul, we know you love to have a beer on Friday nights and we know you never get dessert. So there's no point in offering a dessert, but you really like spicy food. And that becomes really powerful. You go beyond just being a payment provider. You turn into a company that really allows restaurants and you can imagine other retailers to really understand who their customers are. And it allows you to provide a better experience to the customer. Because if every time you walk into a restaurant, you can have a little bit more of a customized experience or your menu can be customized. If you're a vegetarian, you don't want to see you know, the ribeye steak at the top of the menu. That's something that can happen. And that becomes really powerful. And that's also why we got such great traction with our investors, because they believed in the long-term vision. To your point, Christine, of now launching into multiple markets, I personally believe something that's often overlooked or discounted, at least in scaling companies, is how you actually sell to your end customer. What is the sales strategy for a company like Sunday when you're launching in multiple markets? Do you have a giant sales force that is just hammering the phones all day? Do you notice a lot of inbound interest? How do you scale Sunday? So there are a couple different answers. The first one is when you launch in four markets, you need to adapt your sales strategy to each one of your markets because the markets are a little bit different. The second piece of the answer is to say we have both inbound and an active sales team. And why is that important? We went out with a massive PR launch when we launched. And so we're creating excitement, interest with restaurants and also with end consumers. It starts with the restaurants because that's the way you get critical mass. Eventually, you turn into a B2C brand, which makes us you know, an attractive business because as soon as you get end consumers wanting to use the solution, then they're asking restaurants if they could pay with Sunday. And that's when you really get a flywheel. So first target is restaurants. You do that with you know, great PR, great buzz. We have a lot of wonderful restaurants that have adopted the solution who've invested in the solution, and there's really our ambassadors. And then you get a sales team who's going out there, field sales, inside sales, who is talking to restaurants, who's convincing them that it's a great solution. And then progressively, as you grow, you get more and more inbound. And um, when a restaurant sees that four or five of their neighbors in the same street are using Sunday, 
that's when you create excitement and an inbound call where they say, hey, I also want to have Sunday. What does it take to get on board? And that's when the onboarding teams take over. And it's a super quick and seamless onboarding. Why? Because, you know, it's a software solution, which is integrated into the POS systems and becomes really easy for restaurants to, to get on board. Digging into the actual product, how do diners utilize Sunday and check out if there is no cellular signal or Wi-Fi at your merchant? So you have to have Wi-Fi or cellular service. And so the restaurant that is doesn't have any connection, today we're exploring different solutions. We're finding that that is increasingly rare and that restaurants that don't have cell reception generally have Wi-Fi in them just because it's something that consumers want. So we haven't seen that a problem at all in our deployment and strategy, but yes, it's a consideration to have. And as the product stands today, Sunday optimizes the checkout function. Are there plans to incorporate ordering and loyalty in the short term? So we start with payment because we think it's one of the moments in the customer experience and the restaurant experience where there's the least efficiency and the most pain, the most waiting. And we're here to make sure people save time for what matters and you know have the fastest payment experience in a restaurant possible. But yes, we are exploring, moving into ordering and loyalty. There's a lot of different functions that we can build out. Today, we're starting with payment because that's where the biggest need is. One of the value propositions of Sunday is that you're actually cheaper for restaurants when it comes to the actual payment processing. How is that enabled? So today, restaurants pay a ton of money in payment processing fees. In Europe, it's around 1%. In the US, it's about 3%. Frankly, it's highway robbery. And it's something that's institutional. It's something that doesn't make sense, especially is painful for small and medium businesses that don't have the bargaining power and that can't reduce those rates. And so Sunday is benefiting from larger volumes, better price negotiations, and we're passing on those discounts to the SMB uh, players who sign with us. And frankly, we're getting a ton of traction with restaurants. We see it right now in Europe where our sales teams are doing a great job. We can tell that those high payment processing fees are a pain point. And so coming in with a solution that is not only easier to use for customers, easier to use for wait staff is a huge added value. I believe you're currently serving customers at cost and using Stripe on the back end. Going forward in terms of Sunday actually generating revenue, do you plan on setting yourselves up as a payment processor at some point? It's uh, something that's in discussion. We're evaluating what the best solution is right now. Got it. And an interesting fact about Sunday is that you're live in multiple geographies. On the back of Square announcing their foray into the Eurozone, what are the differences between operating you know, payments in Europe versus the U.S., and what challenges does that pose to the business? The main difference is the cost bar is completely different. So for those of you familiar with payments in Europe, payment processing fees are much lower. They're about two points lower than, than in the U.S., and so it just changes the business model considerably. In Europe, payment processing fees are regulated. They're not regulated in the U.S., and so what we've seen is that they're roughly three times higher in the U.S., and that obviously has business model implications. Most businesses know this, have built their business cases around this, and you know that's just the way that the business runs. And so we're excited to see what Square is going to do with this, because it'll be interesting to see how they price their solution. Who is Sunday's competition? Is it the block of businesses operating as payment processors, just as Square? Is it the block of businesses that are doing QR, such as checkout? Or is it the block of businesses specifically serving restaurants such as Toast, Open Table, and Resi? Well, frankly, we haven't seen 
any competitors doing the same thing as us in the sense that a lot of POS companies are offering pay at table solutions. But the main difference with Sunday is that our ambition is to be a B2B2C solution. And that B2C solution is where we're going to create that flywheel. It's what's going to get end consumers excited. It's what's going to create inbound. And that's something that most of the POS solutions will never have because the reality is being POS agnostic is really a strength for us. If you take a look at what Square has, what Toast has, what NCR has, these are wonderful partners for us. But it's unlikely that you, Rahul, will have a Toast app, a Square app, an NCR app, a Squirrel app, and you know the very fragmented POS market. You probably won't have each one of those apps on your phone just because you know how precious app real estate is today. However, if you have one solution, which is you know what PayPal has done to e-commerce payments or what Venmo has done to peer-to-peer, it starts getting you know really interesting. And there you could say, okay, you actually have an added value because you're a B2C brand, and that gives us an edge on all the POSs who are obviously competing with each other. And so it's unlikely that Square, NCR, or Micros would actually adopt a Toast payment method just because they're competing front to front. And we're really pitching that POS agnostic approach, which is also why we've been able to integrate a lot of different POSs, which is great. And for those of you who aren't familiar with POS or the point of sale softwares. Christine, to your point of integrating with the various POS systems, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on how the business navigates integrating with partners that are equally concerned about capturing the payment processing, specifically a business like Toast in the U.S., given the difference in fees that you mentioned, which is very lucrative for that business? The fact that we are POS agnostic and that we're getting great traction, a lot of POSs see us as a great partner and we add value to what they're proposing to their restaurants. And when the restaurants are asking for it, it becomes you know a great way to have a relationship with these POSs because the demand is coming from the restaurants. And of course, the POSs want to have, you know, a good product for the restaurants. And so they're quite flexible when it comes to restaurant demands and restaurant requests. How do you think about players like PayPal that are breaking into that space now using QR, especially with one of the partners that they have, one of the largest pharmacy retail chains in the U.S.? How do you think about that type of space then? The way we look at this is we are built by restaurant owners for restaurants And so the customer experience, the restaurant experience is key for us. And what we found is with some of the generalist players that focus on the restaurant or the hospitality vertical and even the retail vertical just isn't there because they're coming from a different perspective. And that speaks to a lot of restaurants. When we say we're for restaurants, by restaurateurs, they understand that. We we know the KPIs to look at. We know what the experience is, you know, back of house, front of house. And that goes a long way in this industry. And to your point, Christine, the fundraising round that you had done, one of the largest seed rounds in Funtech ever, how does the business plan on using the influx of funds? My co-founder, Victor, is very convincing and he tells a great story and he has a fantastic vision. And so that obviously helps. Again, when you're launching in four markets simultaneously, you need to have teams on the ground in all four markets. You need to have a strong engineering team. And if we want to go as fast as we plan to do, um, you need deep pockets for that. And so, you know, the 24 million are necessary to fund our ambitious plan. So you've launched in a few markets within Europe. You know, there's U.S. on the roadmap soon. What does the roadmap look like in terms of getting Sunday into every restaurant globally? It's great marketing. It's 
a great sales team and frankly, it's a great product because it's going to work if we have people talking about us and consumers talking about us, restaurants talking about us. And, you know, I'm a big believer in excellent product drives business. And so that's what we're focusing on right now. How do we make sure we have something that's perfectly designed? We have a phenomenal sandbox in Victor's other company, Big Mama, giving us a fantastic feedback loop. And so we're going to take it from there. Let's first do a good job in the markets we're launching in. And then, uh, you know, when we get traction, the opportunities in the world are limitless. Final question. As a leader of the business, what keeps Christine up at night? So as co-founder of this business, my goal is to make sure we have a stellar team, that we build a phenomenal corporate culture, and that every day, every one of our employees comes to work excited, driven, passionate about what they're doing. And so right now, it's still very early days. I am convinced that in order to build the business and reach our ambitious goals, we need to set the foundation for that culture and you know, hire phenomenal people. We have a great vision. There's perfect time to market. We have great investors. Now what we need to do is you know, get the right team into place and make sure that every one of those team members are enjoying everything they do and put as much passion into building this business as Victor and I are to make sure we go as far as we want. So it's about the people. That was Christine Duwendell, co-founder and CEO of Sunday USA. Thanks so much for joining us, Christine. It was a pleasure learning more about Sunday. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much, Rahul. I'm looking forward to listening to the podcast.